Aaron lurched awake as the transport entered freefall. Gravity pulled him upward, jerking him to the limits allowed by his restraints. The ship shook violently, the thin lights flickering for several moments before returning to a steady illumination. Wake up! A female voice bellowed. The speaker moved to stand in front of Aaron, and he realized groggily that he was surrounded by other men and women in restraints. The chrome harnesses pinned their wrists between their legs, preventing them from standing or defending themselves. Glowing blue manacles attached his wrists to the harness, and he could feel their heat even through the armored gauntlets. He wore some sort of environmental armor, the metal scarred and pitted from long use. Good! The sleep spell is wearing off! The speaker wore a suit of form-fitting body armor, much higher quality than Aaron's. Her helmet was tucked under one arm, and the other hand rested on a pistol belted at her side. A river of dark hair spilled down both shoulders. You're probably feeling some grogginess. That's the after-effects of the mind wipe. Each of you have been imprinted with a name. That will be the only thing you can remember. We've given it to you, because otherwise slaves tend to have psychotic breaks. Aaron probed mentally, reaching for anything. He couldn't remember how he'd gotten here, or what he'd had for breakfast, or where he'd been born. There was a haze over the part of his mind where those things should be. His name was, quite literally, the only thing he could remember. A beefy man on Aaron's right struggled violently against his bonds. Listen, little girl, you'd better let me out of this chair or I'll f- The woman withdrew her pistol and aimed it at the beefy man. White sigils flared to life up and down the barrel and dark energy built inside the weapon. The weapon hummed, discharging a bolt of white-hot flame toward his chest. It cored him through the heart, filling the chamber with the scent of cooked meat. His body twitched once, and then he died silently. Nara, you began the demonstration without me called an amused male voice. It came from out of Aaron's field of view, but the booted footsteps approached until Aaron got a glimpse of the speaker. You'll know how much I hate missing it. This is my favorite part. A tall, slender man walked over to the woman who'd executed the beefy man. He wore jet-black environmental armor and had a stylized dragon helm clutched under his arm. One of his eyes had been replaced with a glittering ruby, and his bald skull was oiled to a mirrored sheen. His right gauntlet was larger than his left, and studded with glowing rubies and sapphires. Aaron could sense something coming from the gauntlet, a familiar resonance that danced elusively out of reach. A cluster of armored figures entered the room behind the one-eyed man. They fanned out, taking up relaxed positions along the far wall. Each guard carried a rifle similar to the pistol the woman had fired. Blue-white sigils lined the barrels, though they appeared inactive at the moment. I'm sorry, Master Yorak, the woman he'd called Nara finally replied. She gave a deep bow, which she held for several seconds. Finally, she straightened. The prisoner volunteered, and I know that we are pressed for time. I thought it prudent to educate this batch quickly. Efficient as always. I'll handle the rest of the orientation. Yorick patted her cheek patronizingly, then turned toward the slaves. Nara shot him a hateful glare, but he seemed oblivious. Good morning, slaves. My name is Master Yorick, true mage and pilot of this vessel. 
I'm going to make this very simple. In a moment, we'll be landing. When we do, your restraints will be removed. There is a rack of rifles near the door. Take one and step outside. Nara and her squad will lead you beyond that. Obey her orders without question. Or meet the same fate as our late friend here. Yorak moved to the corpse, prodding it with a finger. Are there any questions? <laughs>